welcome back to Talking Lead, episode 107. As promised, Spectre is back. What's up, buddy? Hey, everybody. Uh, yes, we're back again. And uh, once again, thank you for uh, allowing me to co-host the show. Always good to be here. Excellent week in, in firearms and all that. Really excited to start the show. Have you had time to do anything with firearms this week? Um, well, we did drop on, well, of course, we, we dropped two videos a week on YouTube regardless, and we have a Carver TV episode, but the one that I thought that was the coolest thing we did this week was we actually had the Alexander Arms 50 Beowulf uh, AR-15 in, and we dropped a short video about it on our YouTube channel. That thing is such an awesome time to shoot. It is so badass. Bill Alexander at Alexander Arms is a genius. Uh, I, I, that man is, is, is awesome. He, he conceived the 50 Beowulf and the 6.5 Grendel cartridges. Uh, just an absolutely amazingly intelligent, uh, engineer and a very talented, talented firearms manufacturer. Kudos to him. That thing was peen and steel and the whole nine yards. Awesome time. So you guys have that video posted now. Okay. I was going to say, anytime you can shoot anything above a 308, it adds a whole other level to your uh, enjoyment of shooting firearms. And what's cool about the 50 Beowulf is it actually, the only thing that changes uh, your barrel yeah. on, the, on the gun. So I think the barrel and the, bar- and the bull carrier group is what changes in the kit. You use standard AR-15 magazines, they're just, they just single stack instead of double stack in that cool. thing. So, yeah, it's, it's neat. Well, what I did is, uh, as our listeners know, I do a little um, fugitive recovery in my <laughs> spare time. <laughs> and uh, I got a call about mid-morning yesterday and uh, just dropped everything and spent the rest of the day kind of doing that. So that was, I guess, the most exciting thing I did since we talked last. It was fun. I really enjoy it. Uh, the surveilling, you know, and actually tracking these, these people down and finding where they're at, that's what I really enjoy the most. Would you consider yourself an adrenaline junkie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, we've got another special guest in with us today, and I'm going to go ahead and let him start talking and see if people might recognize uh, his voice from episode 105. So what did you do this week in guns? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, it, we went ahead and deployed down in uh, Charleston. Um, if you look at uh, the video pretty closely, you'll see a couple of my team members using their KSGs, escorting that, that uh, individual uh, roof while he was in a courtroom, and uh, our guys are working a security detail on that, and they're all using all bullpup um, all the time. I'm actually going to Charleston uh, this weekend. Great, man. Not, a- n- not for any of that bullcrap that's going on <laughs> there right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so in case you guys didn't recognize the voice, that is Senior Team Leader Garcia in the house. Thank you. Hello, buddy. Awesome to be here. You guys are you, you guys are amazing. Well, we appreciate you uh, joining us again. And uh, in, you've, you've dropped another video here recently on your, your social media and your YouTube channel, and we've posted it on our Facebook, where you're, you're going to town on that KSG. We are, and, you know, so you're – your viewers out there, you know, one of the little trivia questions I have for them is from 20 feet away uh, using a, a KSG shotgun, um, the first round coming out of my muzzle from a low ready, you know, engaging the target, how fast is my fastest time? <laughs> <laughs> so, so do they actually have to time that themselves or yeah. is, that, is that in the video somewhere? <laughs> it's in the video. No, it's in the video. Okay. You'll see the guy, you'll see the guy, um, you know, with the video clearly, you'll see the first shot, you'll see the second shot right on top of it from, from 20 feet away. 
and our qualification is it's got to be center mass. So none of this um, bird shot. Uh, we use lugs because obviously in, in our line of work, um, we don't want to use uh, you know double lug buck. We don't want to use um, anything that sprays and can hit secondary targets. Restate that question one more time for our listeners. Uh, the gauntlet has been thrown down, Leadheads. The new trivia question uh, has been proposed, and uh, the winner is going to receive some cool swag from senior team leader Garcia there from USC SOG. So state that one more time. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and give away uh, two uh, operator flashlights, two knives from Coast, and uh, some of our USC SOG uh, Max uh, K9 t-shirts, and everybody knows Max out there. Max, yeah, the super K9. So if they can uh, go to uh, see our video, uh, I, I uh, shoot uh, two rounds from a low ready position uh, using uh, Magnum slugs, uh, hit the target center mass. But what is my first shot? The, you'll see. You'll see it very clearly on, on the uh, the little timer there when my first shot came out. And senior, what's the name of that video? Uh, so actually, I think it's um. You know what? I don't have it in front of me, dude. Because our media team takes care of all this. But if they go to hold on, I'll pull it up. If they go to our Facebook page, mm-hmm. uh, they can. Uh, my, our Facebook page is uh, STL Joseph Garcia. Or just go to USC SOG. That's US space C dash SOG, and you can see the videos there. Or they freaking go to your website. You are inspectors. You guys got it. Go yeah, on. we've we've got them posted on our Facebook pages as well. Yeah. And, and uh, one of the things that our media guys did, which was really awesome, was that they um, actually connected the raw videos. They can actually go to YouTube and say, "There's no speed trick here." Um, you know, it's it's done. Uh, we obviously they did it for editing, but the raw stuff is just the raw. There is no editing editing there, and and they can see it. They can see it happening. And you've got the, both videos posted now, don't you? You've got the the media one that you guys edited and made look all pretty and put music to it, and then you've got just the raw footage there for the naysayers. Because I know you've got a lot of people that have been uh, doubting your actual skills. Yeah, you know what? That's okay, man. Because what I'm learning. Really- <laughs> What I'm learning really quickly is that, um, and if I can just take two seconds here with anybody, um, specifically, you know, that, that we don't, the only reason why we got on social media is because um, there have been a number of law enforcement guys that say, dude, um, you guys should really put this up online so people can, can see what you guys are doing within the correction special operations community. I mean, two years ago, three years ago, nobody really even knew that, the, uh, the correction special operations community was operating at this level, and uh, we are. And so, you know, I kind of stepped out there first and started doing things. And, you know, like with everybody else, I don't know why, and you guys can help me, but everyone wants to relate us to the military or police, and, and we, we tell these guys, dude, we're, you can criticize all you want, but unless you do what we do and work, in, work behind the walls of, of the nation's most hardened, vicious criminals, um, I mean, it's the most violent prison system in the world, the U.S. prison system, and people don't realize every 90 seconds in this country, a corrections officer is being stabbed, injured, and or killed. And what it comes down to is, is just it's it's one of those uh, industries that's not in the forefront of the limelight uh, of people. You know, it's not got that glamour, so not a lot of people are aware of it. And what you guys are doing with your social media and your YouTube and reaching out to to shows like us is to get the message out there that you do exist and that this is a, uh, a high risk, you know, to say the least, profession. Yeah. Uh, but you are also high tech. Yeah, we are, man. We use a. I mean, people don't realize that 
Um, we've been using body cameras for quite some time. We've been using special operation canines. I mean, not your typical Mallies or Shepherds, and I love those dogs, um, but uh, you know, we, we require a dog with a lot of size. Uh, we had certain specifications, and that's why we went to the, what they call the Rijen Schnauzer. The Americans call it the Giant Schnauzer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so little things like that that we've been doing, like running the bullpup system. People can't believe that we've been running the bullpup system for over – we transitioned to the bullpup system, and then you get the um, – I don't know if it's okay to say computer experts out there. <laughs> As you sit there and surf the stuff or just listen. Hoorah, Semper do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. Um, we call them key- keyboard jockeys. Keyboard jockeys. Okay. <laughs> I'm just learning your a lot of the, the social media lingo. Really, I don't know if that's socially accepted or not. That's what I call them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really, the, the, the biggest thing is when we adopt technology, it has to work for us because our guys work in small, small we call micro-unit operations. And, uh, you know, we can respond to an incident, and there's only four, four or five operators. And there's 250 inmates in one housing unit, man. So you can imagine how violent that, that environment's going to be. And so for us, we require a lot of high-end capacity in, in our weapons. And unlike the streets or the military, you know, you can you can kill these guys, but with us, we uh, are not mandated to kill them. We're trying to stop the operation, so we use a lot of less lethal um, if it gets pretty bad and it's a life and death situation. And obviously, we have to do what we, what we need to do. Right, right. So, and when you say the bullpup systems, you're not only running the KSG, but you're running your your rifle systems are bullpup too, right? Absolutely. Our RDBs, uh, which we, we're the first in the country to start using, the RFB we've been using now for going on three and a half years. Um, you know, there's some video of guys looking out there. You'll see videos of our teams deploying with the RFB, the 308 systems, in a lot of high-risk transports. And, uh, you know, the bullpup system from our side, and I'll, and I'll, give, I'll give the listeners here uh, of, of both sides just a two-second snapshot of why we use the bullpup. No, that, actually, that'll play in good because we talked about SBRs a little bit last week. So, yeah, this will kind of get into to that analogy. So we've gone to the bullpup system primarily because we we jump in and out of vehicles a lot for high-risk inmate transport, court security operations. Um, love the SBRs, but you know as well as I do, we have to go from inside a vehicle, close proximity, like when that motorcade pulls up to a hospital or a courtroom. And, you know, quite frankly... Um, the distance can change with us very quickly. So if an inmate takes off, escape, you know, and he's 200 yards out and we got to take him down or, you know, he's 100 yards out, you know, just, there's different applications for our bullpup. So when our guys get into a vehicle, you know, we need to, we need a weapon that we, we go on the mandate of uh, economy of time, economy of space, and economy of motion. The bullpup really gives it to us for that. So Well, I think hearkening back to what you guys are talking about, about uh you know, our industry being very self-serving and, and, and all that sort of stuff. I think that a lot of people will will look at, you know, what somebody's doing, especially when they're posting on social media and stuff like that, um, and apply their situation to your situation. And that does not compute. And that is something that I see a lot in this industry where people, you know, who just who are just concealed carry permit holders, for instance, or just your average guy will apply their uh, mantra and their philosophy to what you're doing in your everyday job. And they, for some reason, think that that qualifies them to, uh, to, to speak on behalf of, you know, what you're doing. 
to and, critique uh, it. Yeah, to critique what they're yeah. doing. I'm sorry, that was a great point, actually. I never really thought about it like that, but that is an awesome point you just brought up. And, you know, that's kind of what we're trying to combat, and that goes back to the video that um, uh, Aaron at Sage Dynamics posted, is, you know, take the time to get to know the individual before you start blasting them or critiquing them or you know, downplaying what it is that they're doing or they're using as far as the equipment. Uh, you know, take the time to get get in touch with them and ask them why they're, why they're doing it that way, why they why they chose that weapon, why they chose that uh, body armor, you know, whatever it may be, which, you know, that's, that's going to be our topic today, uh, so, and we're slowly getting into that. But uh, Well, what, one thing I'll, I'll add there is that we get a lot of guys who look at us or, or who kind of text us and go, hmm, why is it that you guys are wearing green inside a facility or you bunch of military wannabes? And uh, what they don't realize is this. Uh, back in 1994... We were one of the first units to adopt the, the green uh, flight suit, and really the, it comes down to we're not trying to camouflage. They already know we're there. However, I bet you guys don't think about this. In 94, I did a white paper, and we had an officer or an operator that was injured pretty seriously. He actually almost bled out, and the reason why he almost bled out was that uh, he was wearing a black jumpsuit, black kit, and our medics had no idea where that trauma was at during low light. So what we did was we transitioned to green because inmates use bleach, they use acid, they use uh, feces, they throw it on the operators. We're very visual, so we need to know where trauma's at on our guys. And so I can look clearly across the room, I'll know where that trauma's at on my operator, and then you know we all carry the, the North American Rescue IFLAX kit so we can go right into the triage. Or if there's chemicals on our guys, we can detect it immediately just by doing, we're very visual. So if you watch our videos, you'll see that we use you know, tan uh, body armor, green uh, 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 cry gear. It's because we need, you know, we need to know when we're going in, if we're if we've been contaminated, if there's acid on us, because we we, we do something called POD, man, performance on demand. Whether guys out there like it or not, whether the whether the the um, some of these uh, uh, computer jockeys uh, like it or not, we. We've got to dress the way we, we do for specific reasons, man. We use the, the kit for specific reasons. There are no wannabes within our industry. We have That's a great example that, that you give there, you know. Like you said, a lot of people will look at your you know, your gear and the color and oh, you know, they think they're, you know, high tech military guys. Well they didn't take the time to find out the history and, and you know, that's great that you pointed that out of the reasoning behind the coloring. It makes perfect sense now. No, a lot of people will do that. They they will look at you know they will judge you based on what you're wearing and and automatically uh, once again going back to what I just said they apply their logic to your situation without even either doing the research or without even thinking through the thought processes. And I, I the other side of it is how many inmates are wearing green jumpsuits with 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 tan tops? Okay, if you're you know if you're in a situation where you get separated from your guys, highly unfavorable situation. But much easier to identify a uh, a friendly versus a foe. Yeah, so. all, all day long, and, and our dogs, believe it or not, people say dogs are colorblind, but, you know, from a perspective of looking at cameras, you know, uh, surveillance cameras, I know where an operator's at immediately. And there's a lot of other reasons I, I can't get into on, on, on a law enforcement classified, but, like, you know, you just did a, a, a bounty hunter surveillance thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, guys will... Fugitive recovery agent. Well, <laughs> they, they could use you up north right now, man. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. If it pays enough, I'll go. 
Oh, it's, it's ugly up there. But uh, yeah, I mean, great points that, that like our, our um, people ask us. Well, why do you use those uh, those dive lights? You know, the, the sky divers use. And what they don't realize is we assign one operator green, one operator red, and we match them up. So when they're when on camera, we know who the who, what team these guys come from. Green team, red team. We know who took the shot. Um, you know, when when that happens. So it's very we're a very visual organization. I mean, there's less than 550 what they call level one correction special operations guys, and, and, and I'm their senior. Yeah. Every piece of kit that you guys have on there serves a specific particular purpose. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I want to circle back to, and, and I didn't know this, uh, because this is in the news a lot right now, so we might as well talk about it, is that jack wagon uh, from South Carolina that, that shot those people in the church, the roof guy, so your team actually uh, is, has been part of the detail for him, right? Yep, for, since um, since they caught him. Absolutely. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so I'm looking at a, a post you got on Facebook right now with two of your guys, and they they're wearing the uh, AR-500 body armor. Looks like. Uh, yeah, they're they're using um, we're using uh, you know a couple different we we use a couple of different companies for our body armor, and it's all mission related. So our guys can get out of um, one set and go into another set of body armors. For example, the new iFlex, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Flanix um, plate carriers that we're running, super light, very thick. And people ask us, well, why is it that you guys use a body armor or plates that have pads on it? What they don't realize is I don't need my guys to get knocked down. You know, the body armor is going to protect people, which, which, which in our industry it's called recovery. So if our guy gets hit with a 308 round, if he gets hit with a heavy round, I want him not just to be able to protect him, but uh, not kick him back. I mean, kick him off the speed. I want him to be able to stand up, absorb most of my trauma, so my guys can keep their muzzle where it belongs. That's in the fight. And so you'll see us use different types of of um, body armor, different types of protection levels based on the mission. And for this guy's mission, obviously, internally we need a lot of stab because we're dealing in the prison environment. Once these guys move externally, you're going to see them run plates, and and so depending on the carriers that we're running. And we use, like, plate carriers from LBT, Landlix, uh, North American Rescue have great body armor, which a lot of people don't realize. Um, what, are you, what are you using for stab protection? Can you get into that? Yeah, so yeah. we have uh, – we'll use plates for, for stab protection. There's a new hybrid uh, plate that comes out. It can provide you ballistic, uh, stab, knife, ice pit, taser resistant. And the front and back plates combined weight is less than three pounds. Amazing, amazing body armor. Dude. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. You know, people ask, um, you know, what's your opinion on civilians wearing body armor? I've got my opinion, and I don't speak for my department, um, but uh, I can tell you that, you know, body armors on civilians, um, I have no problem with it. I- I'd rather deal with somebody. Again, can we all agree that the majority of all these all these criminals shouldn't have a gun? Can we all agree that the majority of crimes that are committed in this country with people with guns are committed with, um, they, they've acquired that, that firearms illegally in the first place? You know, for the law-abiding citizen, why shouldn't a law-abiding citizen wear body armor? If you, if you think about it from a cost and um, a, a responsible perspective, yeah. You know, if, if a concealed person is carrying, if you trust him with a gun, why not trust him with body armor? You know, the but, then, but then at the same time, you could argue, even if you don't trust them with a gun, why would you prevent them from protecting themselves from someone, you know, the criminals that are, you know, if you're not going to allow me to have the gun, but you're, you know, the criminals are going to get the guns anyway, why would you not allow me to have the 
the most protective kit that I could have. We're yeah. talking about the same, but you have to remember, we're talking about the same people who are issu- issuing ballistic blankets to schools so that children can hide underneath them uh, during school shootings. Okay, we're, we're we're talking about trying to enter, trying to do something that is so short-sighted and so short-minded that uh, it makes absolutely no sense when you actually get into the you know the specifics of the situation. You guys can get into body armor, but you remember. Um, you can acquire body armor by walking down to the nearest Lowe's or Home Depot and grabbing some plates of steel. <laughs> I mean, it's a yeah. it's barbaric and antiquated, but what's going to stop somebody from doing that? What's going to stop somebody from going overseas and buying some of this, uh, uh, you know, foreign foreign made body armor? I mean, you can make body armor at home. It doesn't but, make- I mean, and that's the thing. Why would they, why would they want to? Their logic behind it makes no sense. You know, other than the criminals get it. Right. You know, that's their whole argument about everything is that the criminals get the guns, the criminals get the, the vest. Well, they're going to get those anyway. So why prevent law-abiding citizens that, uh, you know, respect and abide by the law from protecting themselves? Well, it's very, I think it's very simple to, to, to answer that question. The answer to that question is they're not using logic when they, when they come up with their arguments. They're using emotion. Absolutely when, not. You use them, when you use emotion and, and leave judgment behind and you leave logic and and uh, critical thinking behind, you make idiot decisions. The politicians are using, like you said, the emotions, and they're doing it for politics. They're doing it for votes. They're doing it to push their agendas, which whatever they may be at the time. Yeah, I'll tell you, the um, the body armor from a law, a law enforcement perspective, and again, I'm not talking about the criminal mind, okay? I'm talking about from your from the people who are responsible with their Second Amendment rights, doing it you know, safely, securely, with the highest level of accountability. If a individual's wearing body armor for those exact reasons, for self-protection, okay, I'm good with that. What that, as a law enforcement officer, allows me to deal with is one less casualty. That's why I, I, I am kind of lost on this. Why wouldn't you want innocent, law-abiding individuals to, to have body armor, especially in today's day and age? With not forget about our, forget about our U.S. criminals. What about those who are terrorists, man? Walking into places, you know, doing a Mumbai uh, shooting or what have you. Why not give our citizens the ability of protecting themselves? Exactly. People know that there's a bill out there. There might be more than one, but HR 378, and it may be something else by this time. But this was back in June. Uh, is a bill to ban body armor. So this is going to get me into our facts, facts to cycling myth, 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 myth section, section this, this week. week. A lot of people don't think it's legal to own body armor, but yes, civilians can own body armor. Uh, I don't think there's any restrict, restriction on the level that they can own either, correct? I don't think you can get dragon skin. I don't think that, like, they'll sell it to you. But I, other than that, uh, as a civilian, I don't think that there are any current restrictions. Yeah. Talk, talk about dragon skin real quick. What the, Tell us what that is. Tell our listeners what that is. I'll, I'll appeal to, uh, to Senior on that. Okay. Yeah, so dragon skin is a, uh, a type of body armor that is really reserved for the for uh, military and special ops uh, units. Um, there are what they call ITAR restrictions on, on uh, certain body armors, so I think everybody, uh, for the most part, you know, you should be careful about uh, taking body body armor overseas. But uh, dragon skin is pretty interesting, very very neat uh, technology. Uh, could take up a, a pounding. It was um, created, and I think that the team is out of Texas that created the dragon skin. Um, they've had a few issues, but uh, dragon skin is um, it's pretty it's pretty amazing actually. What I hear, it's a uh, it's basically interlocking 
uh, individual plates that can that can take hits. Uh, it's okay. it's pretty it's pretty hardcore stuff. I mean, it's, uh, it's almost like a it. full body suit. Then I'm, I've just Googled it. Yeah, it looks like if you've ever watched um, Game of Thrones or something like that, and you've seen those dragons, it it this it looks like scales of a dragon. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's why they call it dragon skin. But uh, you I know, as far as the as far as a, you know, an example of you know of of, of direct applications to to uh, civilian ownership. Uh, I'm a civilian. Left hand, you're a civilian. Um, uh, Last I checked, yeah. And uh, we use it in some of the productions that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, just to be a little bit safer. When we were down there shooting with uh, with the ASP guys, uh, artificial shoulder pocket guys in uh, in Southern Ohio, we were wearing we were wearing body armor. Um, yeah. We were running around, you know, multi-directional shoots, you know, those sorts of things. It's always a good idea to have, you know, that extra level of protection. Well, and let's, you know. let's think about other, let's think about other practical applications that, that they could be used for. You know, you get a lot of, um, robberies from your, you know, liquor store robberies, drugstore robberies, whatever it may be. But why shouldn't those people, because they're at a higher risk of potential, you know, harm from a firearm or a knife or uh, an assailant. It makes perfect sense for those type of people to wear that in their line of work too, right? Um, and uh, another good example of this is uh, actually I'm not going to name the the individual, but uh, or the town that they're in, but uh, one of the pharmacists that I know, they actually have a little bit of a raised platform uh, where their like register and everything is, and that is lined with uh, with uh, ballistic protection. I'm not going to divulge the level of ballistic protection, but. That individual sure. behind that register is uh, makes has, perfect sense. Has well, ballistic protection. Well, look at look at all the the major uh, you know commerce uh, businesses in this country. The majority of them have ballistic protection. They realize that you know it's not nobody's afraid of the law abiding citizen. Everyone's afraid of those who illegally obtain and abuse their um, you know the, the guns or, or illegally obtain guns. I think body armor works within its same within the same scales. I know that if I wear body armor uh, off duty and uh, something does happen, you know, I'm not necessarily going to put it on my kids. However, it gives me that opportunity to survive, stay in the fight, and get my kids the hell out of that situation. Can I say hell, by the way? <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, these are all practical applications. Other practical applications, uh, the media. The media is always putting themselves in harm's way. The cameramen, reporters, and a lot of these um, reporters that you see in, you know, doing the, um, the war zone coverage, yep. you know, they're, they're always wearing, you know, flak jackets or body armor of some sort. But it makes perfect sense for, you know, just our, our media here in America when they're out in the, the rough neighborhood subdivisions, covering a bank robbery, you know, something like that. Why shouldn't they be wearing? I mean, they're stupid not to wear it. <laughs> well, I was, uh, was, I was. They're perfectly was within their legal right to do it. Why wouldn't they? I was on a, uh, on a video call with, uh, with uh, someone from InfoWars the other day that uh, was actually headed down to the, the mess that was, uh, uh, where was the most recent riots? Mogadishu, Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore. You know, in America. Baltimore, yep. thank you, yes. Uh, yeah. Baltimore. He was headed down to Baltimore and he had his he had his kit with him. He would be wearing body armor while he was down there, that is for sure. 
Yeah, uh, and I mean, we could go on and on, especially in our schools. You know, they've got those little drop-in plates that kids can put in their book bags nowadays. Perfectly logical, makes sense. Why wouldn't you want that type of protection? If you look at our, our fire EMS, you know, a lot of those guys are wearing body armor now. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're going into neighborhoods that people are who have obtained firearms illegally are, are, are now uh, engaging our fire and EMS volunteers and first responders. Yeah. It all boils down to our Second Amendment and, you know, the firearms, the body armor, and it ultimately protects us from tyranny, whether that's on a, a social level or whether that's on a governmental level. So, so you look once, at, you, once you take our ability to protect ourselves, defend ourselves, then you've taken away our, our rights, our freedoms. No, choose security or choose freedom. Is that what it is? Is that how that goes? You can't have them both. Exactly. You can't have them both. And, uh, you know, when you look at the Second Amendment, you know, you look at the wording, arms, to keep and bear arms. That means everything associated with arms. If you have an AR-15, you need magazines defeated. That is part of that arm. You need ammunition defeated. That is part of that arm. That is the sword in the in the arms. You should also have a shield. And that is why I have multiple sets of body armor uh, for various types of work that I do. And I suggest that you do too, uh, as uh, as a responsible citizen. That's my stance on the on body on the body armor issue. And to that effect, you should be on the phone with a pen in your hand, writing your writing your congressman and senators letters about this about this HR three seventy eight because this is absolutely unacceptable. We have to be on this because if we aren't, it could be it could go the way of the seven and six ban. Uh, nobody really was paying attention to the ban on 7 and 6 for the AK-74, it went through. But if we are vocal and we are paying attention and active, you can see the effects of that, like uh, when they tried to ban, ban the MA-55 round. If we are on these people, they will not get it done, and we have to be on them or they will or they will take it from you. Voice your opinion to Congress, to your uh, elected officials. Anything else on that, Senior? Nope, I'm good. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's a good lead-in to this interview that I had with the guys from AR500 Armor, Tyler and Daniel. And we also had a, a guest uh, appearance from Todd with Esky Coolers. So listen in on this and see how I tied in coolers and body armor. All right, lead heads, welcome back to the 100th episode of Talking Lead. This is the Artificial Shoulder Pocket sponsored show of the 2015 SHOT Show. And we've got some more guests in the in the house. We've got Tyler and Daniel with AR500, and we've got Todd with Esky Cooler. So a little different uh, variety of products here, but uh, we'll tie it in somehow, I guarantee it. Guys, how are you doing? Very good. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for being on, Todd. Yeah, doing great. Thanks, guys. Good Appreciate deal. being here. So uh, 2015 SHOT Show. This is our second year here. Your second yeah. one? Ours, too. So, so yeah, we're, yeah, we're kind of on the same path. Same for us. Yeah. Second for same you, year, too? We launched uh, Esky Series Coolers at last year's SHOT Show, so we've been out for a year now. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, I know you guys have been working like dogs. Have you had a chance to maybe walk around and, and look at stuff? Yeah, I definitely have. I walked the show yesterday. It was quite impressive. Yeah? Uh, no doubt. Uh, the the size and, and scale. I do a, a fair amount of trade shows each year, and this it's one It's massive, is isn't it? unbelievable, the scale and the innovation and just the energy is, is pretty impressive. Yeah. I can't remember how many miles they said of just like boost space it is, but it's several miles of, mm-hmm. of boost space. You know, it's, it's near impossible to see everything. 
Yeah, it would be very difficult as a buyer to work the show. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, it's hard enough for us to, to represent the booth, but I, uh, I think yeah. we might have the easier job. So what's, what's the, the thing that stood out the most that you've seen here? I had no idea you could spin an AR in so many different ways. <laughs> really? Big, yes. I've seen more accessories and components and parts in different ways to uh, go after that particular And model. there's more and, and more coming out every day. Yes, it's, it's shocking. <laughs> it's a very competitive market, no it doubt. It sure is. Yeah. What about you guys, Tyler, Daniel? Uh, we focus more on the tactical end, but, yeah, just seeing all the innovative products, it's 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 amazing to see what people are doing and the, the new direction gears heading. You get a kind of a look and uh, – the trend and the progression path, um, right? Whatever they used to be, so that's what's exciting for us. Yeah, cool. You'd easily spend a lot of money buying everything here. <laughs> there's, there's not enough money, I don't think, <laughs> for for everything that you'd want here. Now, you guys uh, are set up. You got your booth set up. You're you're showing your your armor. Um, people are very familiar with AR500. You know, you guys are, are very popular, uh, and we're going to get in and talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, and then uh, let's talk. Let's talk with Todd. We've got a little different, you know, kind of product here. We're talking coolers uh, with Todd, and you, you know, think firearms, coolers. You know, what's the tie-in? But uh, you got to carry your your stuff when you're out in the field. You know, so like hiking, camping, and then you were saying some other uses. We were talking to you guys down there that people use them for too, other than you know their food storage too. So yeah, absolutely. One Tell of us the, a little bit about Esky uh, coolers. So Esky coolers is a is a brand by the Coleman Company. It's Coleman's uh, foray into the uh, supercooler space. Um, they were designed specifically for hardcore outdoorsmen, both uh, hunters, uh, fishermen, and uh, outdoorsmen. Uh, they work great on extended trips. Um, so the larger, we offer a 55-quart, an 85, 135, and then a 205. Uh, the larger coolers are great for your extended day trips. So if you're, a, yeah. if you're going on a 7- on a to 14-day you know, elk hunt, if you are a rafter and you're going on an expedition, yeah, um, they even work great for uh, uh, for gear storage. So they yeah they, for dry storage exactly. Yeah. So that's what I was getting at. You know, for the, for the, the other use. Yeah, exactly. So because the, these things are, are real airtight. Exactly. Yep, and they're yeah. super super durable. So you can padlock them. There, you can you can ship them. Um, the military guys and the tactical guys love them because they they have a dual function. Yeah, uh, they can get the gear there, and then once they get there, they can keep their stuff cold when yeah. they're when they're and, out. And so. depending on you know the weight, these things are are pretty buoyant yeah yeah absolutely exactly we're actually in testing right now um military and industrial and government is a is a market that we have our eye on so we're doing new spec testing to understand buoyancy how much weight they can hold um different things like dropping them out of um um, if they get dropped out of a out of a helicopter or from a from a uh, from an airdrop um so we're we're in the process of proving that what i'm seeing would be would be cool on your coolers uh, maybe a special edition. What's the stuff that you guys put over your your armor? That that uh... oh, polyurea is what we use. Yep, it's a uh, it's an elastomer, so it's just a very high strength uh, UV chemical resistant watertight coating that can be textured, smooth, and a variety. It can be colored. So oh, interesting. Yeah. Maybe, that maybe would be a... something cool that you guys could put over your your coolers. Plus, um, you know, you could add some of the uh, the ballistic retardant characteristics mm-hmm. co-branded cooler. armored cooler yeah <laughs> i'm telling you man definitely i'm seeing this that. i'm seeing a, i'm seeing a bulletproof uh a cooler yeah. in the future man yeah uh? yeah that'd be are, very cool are the wheels are the wheels turning the wheels are turning you've probably already thought of this <laughs> i've actually we've done a little bit of testing on uh, we've shot some coolers up uh with different caliber arms with shotguns with with 22s with 223s just to see 
uh, how durable they are, how resilient they are. So, yeah, I can definitely see some, uh, as we start to move into the tactical space, some some opportunity there. Yeah, yeah. So your coolers, um, you're telling me you've got a, a process uh, and how you put the the material in there. Mm-hmm. The I don't know what you call it, but... Talk, yeah. talk a little bit about that. So the coolers are constructed um, with, a, with a thick wall blow molding technology. So it's a little unique in the market. There's, um, uh, most of the competitors are out there with rotational molding. Uh, but with thick wall blow mold technology, it gives us the ability because the case and the liner are two separate parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we use a, a urethane foam um, to, uh, to provide that, uh, that great ice retention. Um, but in the production process, uh, with the uh, the way the foam um, and the chemical reaction takes place, um, it really glues the two pieces together. Mm-hmm. And then we've designed um, the uh, you know for that extreme durability of a large knuckle integrated hinge with stainless steel pins. Yeah. Um, the the heavy duty um, PE latches with the recess. Uh, as well as the the padlocks, you get those things locked tight, and they um, they're I mean they're virtually indestructible. Yeah, and then you've got like the the addition that you did with the cushion on top. Yep, I saw so, that one. That was yeah, really cool. That's one of the new products we're launching at the at shot this year. So the the cushions for the uh, the three smaller sizes, the fifty five, eighty five, and one thirty five. And then we've also uh, started to work with um, Cryptech Camo for our for our camo. Yeah, series. those are really cool. That's another too. new yeah. product. Uh, the other new products that we're that we're launching at the show this year. Yeah, you had the like the Highland, the the snow Highland, the Highland and the, the Highlander and the Raid patterns. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah what they've it was. been super super popular. I mean, it's it's yeah. crazy how. Uh, and you had like a I don't know if it was a one off or if it maybe like a limited edition. Yeah, but you had the, the, the Black Ops. The Black Ops. Yeah, so yeah. we made a special limited edition series. Um, we serialize all of our coolers so that. Um, it helps people uh, ensure that they've they've got their specific items. It helps with our warranty and different things like that. Yeah. Um, but we made twenty uh, in the in the initial run. We serialized mm-hmm. them one through twenty, so it's a limited edition. Yeah. We're actually raffling two of them off at this year's show. And the energy as people walk by the booth and see. Nobody's really ever promoted a black. So cool. what do we do to get into this contest? All you got to do is I scanned your badge already. Okay. All you guys got to do is stop by the booth, uh, get your badge scanned, and, and we're doing another. We drew one winner last night, uh, and then we're drawing a second winner at the end of the show today. So. And, and it's going to be left hand. Left hand's <laughs> going to be the winner. Did you not get your scan? You got to well, stop got, back you by the booth. Scan her yep. tag. Get pepper scan there. Heck oh. yeah. Another thing about your coolers, uh, we were talking about, is they're, they don't have wheels. Correct. And, and you're saying that that's by design, right? Because yeah, absolutely. Because the feedback that you get from your customers. Yeah. So wheels are, um, there's a handful of challenges to wheels. One of them is when you're talking about a cooler that's this durable, this heavy, when you fill it with contents, your wheel system has to be able to carry hundreds of pounds, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, a wheel system that can carry hundreds of pounds comes with a good amount of weight, and it uh, so it adds weight to your cooler when you're not using it, and then right. it also takes some uh, internal capacity out of the cooler. So yeah. um, I definitely see the need for for transport, and we're we're in development on what that solution looks like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. uh, now I gave you some ideas. Yep. And it turns out you'd already been working on that too. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a lot. So I'm no help to you, man. <laughs> no, but I definitely uh, appreciate the input from you guys. It's it's a uh, it's a um, you know going after the the tactical and the military and um, 
uh, that kind of side is is a is a new foray for us. So it's it's yeah. definitely good to hear you guys' input and, and and understand what um, what you guys are doing even even over at AR five hundred. Uh, because it just helps me better understand the market and, and how we can make a product just function really well for these consumers. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of the guys from AR500, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about you guys got several new uh, products out this year, really really cool stuff. So tell us tell us about what you got going on. So uh, traditionally, we're known for our steel armor. That's kind of where we made our name in the in the industry. Um, new for this year, though, we've kind of launched into uh, full textile operations. So we have our own plate carrier line. Um, we have a couple different models that we released this year at SHOT Show. Um, and what we try to do is we try to fill um, certain applications within the market for plate carriers that aren't being done. And we kind of come from a unique approach uh, in the fact that we manufacture body armor. Um, our core goal with our plate carriers is to make sure that your plates are at the right height and are, are actually on your body in the right application to maximize protection, which is something some people miss when they make a plate carrier for armor right. um, because that's the whole reason you're wearing it. Secondary, yeah. it's a load-bearing. You see these people that are you know, wearing it time, and they get it way too low. Exactly. You know, or that, your back plate's up high. heart your, is exposed. Uh, right, or your front plate's up too high and your back plate's way too low because that's a front and back thing. You can right. get to your vitals through either side. So uh, that's that's one thing we focused on when we when we're front, building Front, back, and sides. Yeah, front, back, and sides all yeah, the way around. Because you guys do side plates too. Yeah, yep. Um, and new for this year is also uh, our soft armor, our 3A soft armor. Um, we're going a few different directions with it, but right now our 3A line is uh, it's an affordable high-end panel. It's it's using DuPont Kevlar, Honeywell components. It's, uh, it's We call it a hybrid model. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes uh, a few different components of different technology and just maximizes it to create a, a lightweight, very cost-effective, and high-performing uh, 3A soft armor panel. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm, I'm seeing some coolers with some some ballistic retardant principles mm-hmm. could, or qualities could, going on here. Could, yeah. Wouldn't be that hard, actually. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think we've worked if your coolers are stuff. big enough, you could actually maybe even crawl into one of those exactly. suckers. Right. You, know? you had to in the right situation. <laughs> yeah. bunker right there. Yeah, if it gets too thick where you're at. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Bunker. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, there you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, he's already thought of that, too. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the preparation market. That might be the new yeah. The next yeah. evolution. Yeah, who knows? You just flip the cooler lid up and hide behind it. There's yep. your cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, you guys also have another little um, thing you've got out. I can't remember what you called it, but it was the, the quick armor. Oh, yeah. Um, so we, we kind of – it's called our EPC, which is an emergency personal carrier. EPC, there you go. Yeah. And we kind of uh, – we took philosophy of something you get on quickly. So we kind of looked at uh, like a life jacket, something you need to put on quick in an emergency situation – so we got rid of H harnesses and shoulder straps and everything, and it's literally just an adjustable loop that goes over your neck in a quick single cobra buckle on the side. Yeah. Um, and the reason we chose cobra buckle—it's like a chef's apron. He's exactly. Yep. It's on. It's. It takes no time to get it on, um, and it's versatile. It fits uh, not only our armor, um, but it fits our full line of sizes from 11 by 14 down to an 8 by 10, um, or any existing armor. Um, and it's it's budget priced. Um, so it's it's about fifty dollars retail for a carrier. We, we have it in a few different colors, from Instructor Red to just uh, standard black, and we're yeah. going to have a, uh, a wolf gray option. But it's meant to be just very basic. Yeah. Um, it's very it's modular, too. So like you said, the different size of, of plates right. that you have, it will you can adjust it. Exactly. Through like exactly. a Velcro system, is that what it was? Yeah, on the inside, we just have a flap that lets you put any size plate in it, which is what mm-hmm. makes it nice. So if you have a piece of armor, it, it will so, fit in that carrier. So length and width, it, it, it'll adjust. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so that was really cool. I like that. And then uh, 
there was another one. Here. Yeah, the last one is the eight by ten carrier. So it's yeah, it's one of the first smaller carriers out there, especially for us. That's been a big problem is getting a carrier for our eight by ten plate for smaller frames and getting the protection that they need as well. Mm-hmm. And it has the same Molly system, um, Cobra buckles on the sides to get it on quickly and just easy buckles. It doesn't take necessary side plates at this time. We may integrate that in the future. But the idea is to kind of give this for smaller frame people and getting the protection that they need as well. Yeah. And it's it's one of the most female-friendly carriers out there right now. Right, and I'm sure that that's, uh, you know, that's the, the market that you're kind of targeting there. Right, you know, right. The, you know, the females. So that's a great idea because, you know, that's kind of a market that people overlook. You know, they're all going with these, you know, big, you know, operator-type dudes, you know. Right. Correct. Uh, but, you know, the women out there – you know, they need it just as much. Now they probably benefit from the larger size. They get more coverage. You know, they're probably not opposed right. to that. But again, <laughs> it's it's about the comfort and, and and the maneuverability and being able to you know still you know function. Uh, right. There's that's exactly right. There's a balance to be had. Um, so when you look at rifle plates, you're you're really covering your heart. That's primary and foremost. So an eight by ten plate on most people gives you adequate protection from that, and you get an you get a better shoulder pocket. More maneuverability. You have a lighter weight. He system. said shoulder pocket, <laughs> artificial shoulder pocket. Uh, ASP.co yeah, right. just right. happens to be our sponsors. So. I was just reading that flyer. That's what. I came from. But uh, so it, there's a lot of benefits to running an eight by ten carrier, even if you're not a small framed person. Um, if you have existing gear and you want to just run rifle plates over it, um, it's a lot easier to get an eight by ten carrier over whatever you have on than a large ten by twelve or eleven by fourteen or something like an IOTV or some huge carrier with shoulder pads and groin right. protection. So. All right. So uh, you had mentioned this earlier. You know, you guys started off with the the steel the steel plates, and you're kind of evolving, and you're getting into the different type materials. Right. And I may have missed this. You haven't talked about the real lightweight one yet, have you? That you have. So the lightweight one is a prototype, and that's uh, is, that, is that something we can talk about now? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. I want I want to talk about because I a, really like that. It's a newer technology in development. Uh, we specialize in steel, so it's an alloy plate, but it's using uh, technology called Cryron. It's a carbon nanotube matrix essentially infused into aluminum um, mm-hmm. when it's when it's created and rolled. So that's a it basically creates a high strength ballistic grade aluminum or whatever other alloy you choose to to mix the the Chiron technology with. So you it's, hearing it's, this time? Mm-hmm. it's I'm, very I'm seeing coolers. Um, <laughs> seeing coolers here. When you mix that with like a, say a titanium strike face and, and some other components, you have a really lightweight. It's about four pounds right now for a level three panel, and, and it's stops. buoyant. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's neutrally buoyant. It so floats. It, yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, that's a cool technology we're approaching. Um, we try to stick with steel and alloys because that's what we specialize in. Yeah. But it's – Well, you got to evolve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, as the technology we're, we're is always, there, you guys, you guys are evolving right. with it. Yeah. The, the trick is making it uh, cost-effective. So right. you, you can come out with a lightweight plate, but we don't want to have a $2,000 plate either. I don't so, want you to either. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're working on it. But I'd say you know, keep checking back, and as we develop, we'll release new, new things in that area. All right, so I told you that I would tie this show in coolers and body armor. We're going to see some some you know, ballistic grade uh, coolers in the future, I think, <laughs> uh, from this little meeting here. But uh, there's some there's some other things that your coolers have benefits of that we need to, to touch on too, Todd. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, ice retention or how long a cooler will hold ice is is really what makes the Esky series. Um, 
uh, different and unique right. in the space. Because these are these are heavy duty coolers. These aren't you know just just taking it to the the ballpark kind of exactly. thing. You know, yeah. these are you know meant for the outdoor guy that's going to be in the woods for for days. Yeah, exactly. And if you're that guy that's um, maybe you're on an elk hunt and it's a multi day or even multi week, and you get your you know you get your um, your kill on early in the trip, you got to make sure that it's it's good and it, and it makes it through the end. Or if you have a long, a lot of guys will drive several days to get to their location and they got to make sure that they get it home so um esky series coolers will hold ice up to uh 44 longer than uh than our nearest competitor uh there's several design elements that that kind of drive that um it helps when you're uh, the coleman company we've been making coolers for 60 years Uh, we have a very sophisticated uh, lab and uh, development operation in wichita kansas where we do all of our development and that has helped us inform or wichita as i call it Wichita, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wichita, Kansas. So, uh, yeah, which, um, you know, that kind of segues into the Made in the USA theme, which is a huge thing America. for us. Uh, yeah. And all of our coolers are uh, 100% made in the USA, along with our even our accessories, um, even the seat cushions. Uh, we have a facility where we make life jackets um, through the Stearns brand where we, uh, where we develop the seat cushions. So, yeah, we have our line is 100% uh, made in the USA. Very cool. And Coleman's been around forever. Coleman's been around since 1900. Yeah. Its first product was a lantern. Or actually, I take that back. Its first product was a small portable stove for guys in World War I. Mm-hmm. And that segued into uh, uh, stoves and lanterns uh, for the guys in World War II. Right. And then we started making coolers in 1954, uh, all uh, 100% made in the USA. But you guys do uh, sleeping bags and tents yep. and just you name it, Yeah, man. a little bit of everything. We've got a huge business in, in industrial um, flotation mm-hmm. under the Stearns brand. So we make tents, sleeping bags, uh, shelters, rainwear. Cooler, all different types of coolers. You know, we, it's it's we Any, anything, everything for your outdoor for the outdoor needs. use exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that is uh, cool. Now, tell us a little bit about your background. It was, uh, it was you're you're an engineer, right? Well, I actually came out of the home improvement space, so I started in uh, on that side. In uh, so in, you're on the Tim Allen show? Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> it should have been though. You're a movie star. Um, came up through the retail side, and then um, I've always been a passionate outdoorsman and a gearhead. I'm that guy that always tweaks stuff in his own garage and is customizing mm-hmm. his own equipment and uh, just always making s- it fit your exactly. Needs, yeah. And I figured. Uh, since I got a knack for this, why don't I start making stuff for for other people? So that's kind of how I got into the uh, into the outdoor space. And then Coleman was just a really natural fit for me because they have so many businesses going after the sports that I love to pursue. So yeah, very innovative company too. Yeah. 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 So your uh, your coolers, if somebody wants to get one of these suckers, mm-hmm. other than other than me winning the last one today. Uh, how can somebody go get, yeah, get one of these? That's an excellent question. So we've got coolers. Did uh, you hear that, me winning the one? <laughs> okay, the seed, exactly. Okay, <laughs> uh, so we have es- the Esky Series in, uh, in small, independent sporting goods retailers across the country right now. Um, we're really trying to build up that independent base to provide a kind of a launch pad for us. You can find our coolers in some of the big national retailers. We're in Cabela's. Uh, we're in sportsman's, more, many sportsman's warehouse stores. Uh, we're in the Field and Stream uh, stores from Dick's on the East Coast, uh, as well as um, uh, a handful of, uh, of Bass Pro Shops as well. Um, you can always go to EskySeriesCoolers.com and, and order online. There you go. And, uh, and yeah, we, Simple way to do it right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. And you guys ship right to your door? Yep, I'm exactly. Sure. Ship it right to you. Very and, cool. Uh, yeah. 
the website is eskyseriescoolers.com. And Facebook, yep, we got a Facebook you guys, all the page. Social media. Yep, absolutely, got a big social media presence, and uh, that's uh, uh, I believe the the Facebook page is is Esky Coolers. Okay, um, so just type so yeah, in Esky yeah, Coolers yeah. in the search there. Exactly, you'll find yeah. us, guys. AR five hundred. How can how can people get in touch with you guys? Website ar five hundred dot com, and uh, we're pretty. We have quite a bit of things on YouTube if you want to watch test videos and product demos, and uh, Facebook AR five hundred Armor. We're pretty active on social media, so it's pretty easy to. Get in touch with us and share your thoughts. There you go. There you go. So I gotta, I gotta ask you uh, one of our standard questions that we ask new guests. We've got like a whole list, but I'm not gonna be able to go through all of them. I'll start with you guys. When it comes to uh, pop culture, what is your go-to? Whether it be a movie, a TV show, a book, a magazine, a song, what's your go-to that's firearms related? For me, it's uh, it, it's YouTube and honestly, all the channels, all the channels. There you go. I mean, you man. have some there big you YouTube channels that are really doing great things for uh, the second amendment industry and getting new people into firearms and i think that's that's what's going to keep it help keep it alive and yeah now can i pin you down and say what's your favorite youtube channel we work with a lot of them yeah we're close with a lot i figured you'd dance around that collectively as a whole it seems like everybody works cohesively and that's that's making it successful i think yeah so what about you daniel pretty much same thing um oh come on give me a give me a different (laughs) answer dude come on (laughs) it's true we like i mean we it helps us get ideas by watching them do reviews on other products and stuff like that. It helps us develop our products yeah. better. It, so there's not like a Clint Eastwood movie or you know something I mean, like that. I like that the you... you know the new movies like American Sniper and Troy. Of course, I go see those, but yeah. on day to day, it's really so you don't have like a go to that you just is like if rainy day. You know, you pop it in. <laughs> not <watch> really. It. <laughs> okay. Right. I mean, I guess if I chose any of the movies, it'd probably be Black Hawk Down. That was one of the first there ones go. that really got me. and That's one you could watch over and over I and always over watch again. that one over and over, yeah. Cool. Todd? Mine's a classic uh, from way back, uh, but the go-to movie I've got, Firearms Related, has got to be Tombstone. Tombstone, yeah. there you go. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. That's a classic. I love that one. All right, I'm going to ask you one more. Bucket list, your firearm or gear, your next bucket list firearm or gear. Price be damned. Government laws, rules, be damned. What what would you have? That's an easy one. Desert Tech Armament, the covert, the new SR with a 338 the pool barrel and oh, a 338 yeah. mag barrel version. That is on the bucket list. Nice. What kind of glass would you throw on top of that? Um, I'm kind of in between U.S. Optics and Schmidt Bender. That's kind of where I want to be. Okay. But we'll, if you're going to do it. You Price gotta, be damned, yeah. You know. you gotta, you throw it on there, dude. Throw it, get throw it, it on there. there. So. Yeah, this is Christmas. So. Yep. <laughs> Daniel, what about you? Mine's probably the MP7. It's... A unique gun, and I, it's you know small and compact, but then it folds out into this. Dude, nice little... you can have anything in the world that you want. You go with the MP7. <laughs> I'm a huge bullpup fan. Yeah, and yeah, I love the Tavor, but we have that and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you already got one of those. Yeah, it's it's tough. We have quite a collection that we test our armor against. Sure. So that's one gun that I will never actually have. And if you guys could stop a three three eight Lapua, we can it. 400 yards. Yeah. <laughs> distance, it's distance dependent. <laughs> yeah, right. So. Exactly. Todd? Yeah, mine's not that. Uh, mine's a little bit more simple. I've got, an, I've, got an a, I've got a new AR on the way. 
Oh yeah, uh, yeah. What uh, do you got? I got a Bushmaster coming. Um, cool. But yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, you to, trick it out, to tricking it out. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. You, yeah, you were talking about all the accessories. Yeah, exactly. So, so you've been eyeing my some accessories eye on stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what that'll end up looking like once I get a chance to start tweaking with it. But yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be fun to. You, to you need to send me it. some progressive pictures as it as it morphs. Yeah, exactly. Let me let me see that. Exactly. Hopefully. So you're getting that. So. That's not your bucket list. So what's something? Yeah, you know the one I have in mind. Unfortunately, I I don't know the name of it. I've shot a. It's it's a buddy of mine's. Um, it's a three hundred eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's the primary primary arm rifle mm-hmm. of the one of the spe- the European special forces. I'm not exactly sure of the model, but is um, it a bolt gun? Uh, or semi auto? No, semi auto. Okay. Um, it's got it's like a tan color. It might be the one that. Um, uh, unfortunately, I just don't know the, the model number of a man I love. It's, it's similar. It's got the spring uh, uh, recoil. recoil. But, yeah, with the three hundred eight round, that thing is so much fun to shoot. Nice. It's just uh, – You could load up a cooler with some, some game with exactly, one of those. Exactly. Heck, yeah. yeah. Well, guys, we appreciate you being on the show, uh, helping us celebrate our 100th episode uh, here at the 2015 SHOT Show. Thanks for coming in. One more time, give everybody your, your websites. Uh, you can visit us at ar500.com, and uh, thanks for having us on. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime. You guys yeah. are welcome anytime. Thank yeah. you. And just in case you don't know, body armor is legal for civilians. So Absolutely. don't know out there still, it is legal. De- state dependent, though, right? The only state that we can't ship to is Connecticut. All transactions must be done face-to-face. Yeah. Anywhere else, even California, it's good. There you go. There you go. There's no excuse now. Uh, you can reach us at uh, com. Again, congratulations on your 100th show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for, uh, for inviting us on. It was really a, a pleasure to, to yeah. speak with you guys. Anytime, guys. You, you're always welcome, and uh, good luck with the rest of the show. All right. Thanks All right. a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. All right. So that was a, a fun fun interview with those guys. Uh, I had fun uh, making the connection with the, the coolers and the body armor. So hopefully, you know, I've not seen it out yet, but hopefully we're going to see some armor-plated coolers coming out in the future. <laughs> awesome! I want one. I want to be on the first. I want to be on the launch list for that because I need a cooler and I need. Well, I, you know, as I told him in the in the interview, there, you know, the first one has to be called, you know, the left hand. You know that that's the yeah. name of the first fully armored cooler. Awesome. Well, guys, it's been a great show. I appreciate uh, you guys being on with us, Senior. I know I know you're a busy man. I appreciate you sticking with us the whole time here. Now, give us give us an example of some of the the accessories that you put on your Caltech KSG. Right. So uh, on our Caltech KSGs, we use the uh, Mad Cool vertical grip at the front. Um, we're a big uh, proponent of the uh, the Vortex optics. Love those a lot. Um, we're, we'll either use the red dot with a three MOA or or a six MOA. Um, the um, the uh, you know Vortex is really a, an optic over the last several years that has. Uh, has come out out of the woodworks and um, have caught our attention. Love the glass on it. You know, we're we're using the VTAC slings on ours primarily, so I can you know it's like a little bungee sling that I can tie it up to my body when I'm searching an inmate or or punch it out and still not have to worry too much about it. Your whatever accessories you put on your KSG uh, or a bullpup system, you really have to know it really well, or you can get hurt. You can hurt yourself. And um, the the one thing about the bullpup and a lot everybody who gets a bullpup is just amazed at how many rounds you can put in these bad boys. Fourteen plus one, you know, so it's almost like a a, um, a, a nice one pound of lead that you can send down range pretty quickly. And I tell yeah. people, 
we send violence downrange, and we try to stop it. So, so That's, um, I actually have a question about that for you guys. Have yeah. you guys, um, you guys use uh, when you guys are using uh, lethal ammo, and you're using uh, slugs, correct? We are. are you yeah. using are you using full size three inch slugs, or you using two and three quarters, or have you guys, uh, you know, in the in the really close situations, do you guys potentially use the uh, the one and three quarters because you can really increase your capacity there? You can, you you can do that. Uh, so we'll use a lot of two and three quarters. We'll use some 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 full three inch. It really depends on the round and the mission. So um, a lot of our guys, depending on on the mission, uh, nine times I tend to use the two and three quarters. Um, we we'll use the the Magnum slugs. Uh, you know, we like Hornby or we like the uh, what they call OC ammo. Uh, that, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of that ammo. Um, there's another company called Freedom Ammo. Uh, starting to play with some some different things, but the biggest thing with us is we use a lot of frangible ammo. Um, you know, for you know, for us you know, with our environments. Um, we never mix lethal and less lethal. So like lethal in the left magazine tube, less lethal in the right. Uh, <laughs> despite you hear some of the rumors, we would never do that. It's just really a reckless thing to do. That's a yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. However, what you can do, you know, depending on the ammo that, that uh, you're going to run in your house, for a home defense, you know, I would give my wife, and actually, matter, matter of fact, she has a KSG um, in the house for home defense. It's just a simple weapon to use. Clean, 20, 26.1 inches long. Um, the great thing about a bull pup, you know, for us is just basically that economy of time, space, and motion. And, um, you know, the, the one thing I'll tell you, every operator out there or every uh, civilian user, freaking manhandle that bullpup. Don't gently, you know, uh, slide it back. Take the full six inches and freaking rack it back hard, dude. <laughs> <laughs> take, take the full six inches like a man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, don't be a <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go there, man. Yeah. Oh, I have to. I have to. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be talking late if I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So you know the, the the bottom line is what what I tell you, and you you'll see in some of my videos, I yell at these guys, man, can get aggressive and act like you want to be here. You know when, when you're when you're using the, the the weapon, and it's so easy to short stroke uh, any bullpup system. But I'll tell you what, any shotgun oh, is easy uh, when you're when you're in the moment. Yeah. Okay. So take any of I, I get a lot I get I get a lot of flack from guys who saying I can't believe you a level one team like yours is using a bullpup. Versus a traditional Mossberg or Remington 870, and I, <laughs> I ignore that because a lot of these guys have no idea. Um, exactly, exactly, and that gets into our point. Is like they start criticizing and berating when they don't know, they don't understand. Dude, the funniest thing happened about uh, maybe six months ago. I was in a class, and um, this guy was telling me, "Oh yeah, I've used the FN 2000. I've used this and I've used that." And you have to watch the muzzle rise. And so about. Partway through, I'm saying, dude, does your agency allow you to have all these guns? He goes, oh, no. I'm talking about in Call of Duty, there's not a lot of muzzle riders when I'm using it. <laughs> oh, my God. You are laughing so hard because it's a wannabe cowboy, man. I'm like, dude, are you crazy, man? Oh, my God. I'm talking about Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to tell all guys who are listening to you, you know, between you guys, you have hundreds of thousands, I mean, literally hundreds of thousands of listeners. The bullpup system we use, just grab any 590, any Bossberg. They're the workhorse of shotguns. Yes, they're amazing. And, yes, they can be short-stroke. And, and the bullpup system is a new platform. It does require some calibration, meaning loading, unloading, 
Um, if, if you do have a short stroke, a, a, a double peak, you've got to be really careful with that. So, yes. Did somebody's dragon just entered the room? Holy crap. Yeah, that was my dragon of one of my dogs, man. So I got K. That's Max sitting up next to a cage, so I apologize about that. <laughs> I was waiting for Max to make an appearance. Hey, Max, who's a good boy? <laughs> so, you know, um, if you're going to go to a new weapon platform, take the freaking time and learn it, learn it really well. But I will tell you this. I don't care what anybody, anybody says. Until you come into the world where there's 2.3 million violent inmates who walk around the most violent, perverted, murderous individuals in the United States you know, penal system, and you guys can take that a different different direction some other time. But when, when you come into this environment and you walk behind those those uh, walls and you go through those doors and those and that steel shuts behind you, my man, real quick, you're going to learn real, real quick that you are outnumbered. And you better hope you have the best weapon platform, the best body armor and equipment. So to all the naysayers out there, have a nice day. There you go. You now, know, another thing that comes into play with that is, I mean, you may have the best of all this, but if you're not in, in shape physically oh, to shoot. be able to, to, to operate this stuff, then yeah. you know, all that goes out the door, too. Yeah, we tell guys smooth is fast. I mean, I see guys out there, can I just say this real quick? I see yeah. guys doing some really interesting trick shooting, and I tell people, I am not a sports shooter. I am not a competition shooter. I'm not even a freaking hunter, unless you want to call it human hunting, okay? <laughs> when the time is right. I'm a guy that, with, with, with operators out there, man, when we go, we go kinetic. When we fight, we fight asymmetrical. When, we, when, when it is pointed to us to go through that room, we better be freaking POD, man, performance on demand. So how does that translate to the civilian community that's uh, maybe listening to this? If you're whatever gun you're using, great man. I love it. I'm glad you picked you selected the brand that you did. But practice, take your time, smooth is fast, and to um, let me just say this politically correct. If you are not a gunslinger or you don't Do you forget what show you're on? What's that? Do <laughs> you forget what show you're on? Do you, there's no PC here, baby. Okay. So I'm big I'm going to be politically correct. Just for say, it, say it both ways. There you go. Yeah. yeah roger that. And then, and then I'll let you uh, freaking interpret. If you're not a gunslinger and you don't belong to a special ops unit, you can criticize all you want. But until you come to our side, until you become on the other side of those brick walls, that concrete wall, and you stare inmates standing there with a shank and is going to cover that ground very quickly, then you can talk. Unless you've been stabbed unless you've been involved in major riots involving hundreds of inmates and you've been at 51, 101, then come and talk to me. Other than that, you know, take your story walking, man. You know, enjoy your there gun you that you have. Play your, play your Call of Duty. Go ahead and criticize people on the computer all you want. And then go back to doing what you do, whether that's a cashier, whether that's, you know, sitting there, living in your mom's house, whether that's, I don't care what it is. Just enjoy the entertainment or enjoy the videos or these awesome podcast out there and leave the hate the haterade in your own freaking you know within within your arm's reach don't don't throw stones from a glass house you know what i mean so well said I, i'm going to tell you something else this is what this is what i tell the inmates okay i say my man when i close this door you can tell your friends what you should have done what you would have done what you what what you could have done but right now you're going to do exactly what i tell you to do and medical attention will be provided <laughs> How does that translate to the civilian community? It's this. Look, dude, on the computer, if you want to be a, a, a responsible individual that gets involved in social media, you know what? Shut your mouth. 
watch the video, and ask questions. Nobody knows who you are because the minute a lot of these people open their mouth and they start speaking hate, it, ignorance just pops out of them, man. It's like, dude, you're embarrassing your own self. For example, yeah. your, your, your shows, both of you guys, your, your podcast, you know, it's this media thing. Sometimes people eat their own. I don't know. But you guys run a very clean, informative shows on both your networks. And that's why I'm sitting here spending time with you guys because I, I see how you, you give a lot of respect and you tell the, the truth with a lot of the information that's out there. And if, and if the information's inaccurate, you guys are the first to go back and say, hey, uh, let me correct this. And, and so that's why I'm spending my time with you guys. Other than that, there's a lot of media outlets out there that I really don't want to you know, touch with a 10-foot pool. So that's my kudos to you guys, man. I appreciate that. And as our, as our listeners know is that we don't claim to be experts. Uh, we're always, as our friend Paul Markle says, we're always students of the gun. We're, you know, we're constantly learning. There's always something that, that we can, can bring to not only our own personal lives and how we uh, treat or handle firearms, but that we can pass on to others. And I'm always, on this show, I'm always going to bring the experts in. I'm never going to be uh, an, claim to be an expert on anything because I'm not. I'm always wanting to learn, increase my knowledge, expand my horizons. And that's why I bring in people like Senior, people like Spectre to the show that have that expertise and uh, can, can bring that and convey it to, to you guys, the listeners. The Leadhead Nation, if you will. And you know how we become experts, man? We make enough freaking mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> and, and we share it, dude. That, that's the bottom line. We share it. Like, people say, ah, you're not fucking fast with that with that case. You have to be faster. Great. No problem, man. Do me a favor. Can you shoot that shotgun just as fast if I surround you around 50 inmates and who three of them, who you don't know what direction they're coming, coming from, are wanting to put a shank up your ass? real quick just to take you down. Would you mind just and they're throwing and they're throwing their poo at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Would you show would you demonstrate that wonderful technique that you just blogged about on how slow I am real quick because you know we have the, the experience and we have the video documentation. We have you know the evidence to prove that it's not about how fast you are, it's how effective you can send violence down range to stop the threat. That's so that's let me ask a, you this thing. Are you are you taking on on anybody who wants to challenge you on that speed and accuracy? Because not only are you fast, son, you are accurate. Listen, let me just <laughs> say this: with Caltech, we're doing this Caltech Kinetics thing coming out, and uh, if 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 we see you out there, dude, I would love to push somebody to the RPM. Let's bring it, dude. Let's have let's have fun. Bring your weapons. Um, you know the the bullpup conventions that are out there. I love that. Isn't that what it's all about, man? That isn't that exercising Absolutely. our rights? Uh, let, let's talk a lot of trash, and then at the end of the day, let's throw it on a table. And if you beat me, man, fantastic. Because maybe you have a technique, you know, that you learned on Call of Duty that's better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. The gauntlet's been thrown down. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's have fun. I don't care. I'll, I'll throw some yeah. stuff, swag, some. Some uh, coast lights or whatever. Sure, man. Let's have fun with your audience, dude. Oh, if, absolutely. Like, if I'm there, like I'm gonna be in Florida for a month. If there's a competition going on somewhere, I'd love to just shoot with you guys and, and you know, let's have let's let's access, exercise our Second Amendment rights responsibly. Absolutely. And no, and all kidding aside, uh, I know you've you've offered this to me, and I do want to take you up on it. Um, I wanna I wanna take some some training from you, man. I wanna get in on some of those courses that you're running, and I wanna take part, whether it's just spectating or if you're gonna let me get hands on. You know, I'll jump in there and get dirty gritty with you. Well, I'll tell you what, Sam. Uh, you and your your compadre here from Spectre, man. Um, we'll, we'll we'll talk off, off, on secondary, but uh, next school we have coming up, which is you know we're, we're I'm busy 49 weeks out of the year. 
uh, we'll let you train with one of our teams so that you can go back and, you know, without disclosing much, saying those guys could really shoot. And I tell our guys this, okay, this is the last thing I'm going to tell you. I expect for our guys at random when we're training, when we're doing after operations, I'll challenge them. I'll lay the gauntlet down. It could be a mile run afterwards. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say, all right, pull out your weapons. Let's go ahead and we're going to do, and you set the, the challenge course up because at the end of the day, I want my operators to be better than me. That is my job as their senior. They got to be better, faster, quicker, you know, because that's my job as, as a leader within my industry. And so you guys, by people listening to your, your podcast and watching what you guys do, they should be getting some good, reliable information that helps them become much more aware of their Second Amendment rights, much more aware of being, you know, responsible citizens within this community of, you know, firearms, concealed carriers, or just responsible uh, community members within their neighborhoods. So I think a jack is out there saying, hey, there's a difference between somebody trying to be this neo-Nazi asshole collecting all this firearms for the wrong reasons, you know, than those carrying their, their concealed weapons and enjoying the Second Amendment rights and, you know, applying for different licenses to get different weapons, and then be, being able to exercise that by, by doing it in a responsible place. But being prepared is not wrong. It's actually a responsible thing as guardians of our family. You know what I mean? Hey, man, it's, I been said, absolutely. Uh, it's been great to be with you guys, dude. And uh, I really enjoyed this time. Check out our Facebook pages, and I'll leave it to your guys to put on your website, you know, where, where, where we can be found at. No, give, give it a shout out. I mean, you guys are on Facebook, you're on Instagram, you're on um, uh, YouTube. You got your own YouTube. Yeah, unlike you guys, you can rattle off all those social medias. That sounds like, you know, another foreign language. You know, when you guys say Tumblr, I'm like, well, I don't do gymnastics. When you say Instagram, I'm like, Instagram, is that like a microwave thing that you put up there? So for the... No, no that's like you putting double up buck to a target. That's Instagram right there. But... <laughs> yeah, Roger that. So go to Facebook and you can look up uh, STL Joseph Garcia or our organization at US Space C-SOG and, and give us a like out there. Uh, don't forget, you know, we appreciate everybody who's out there. Um, we don't do a, uh, my last little rant, okay, let me just say his last little rant real quick. There are guys out there that will paint law enforcement with a broad stroking brush, calling us racist, neo-Nazis, whatever they want to broad stroke us for maybe one guy or, or a small group of people that maybe had made bad choices, a bad use of force decision, whatever it is. But wouldn't that same thing apply to one racial group or one specific group if one member messes up? Wouldn't that be stereotype in that group? So the only thing that I ask for everybody out there is if you ever see a law enforcement guy mess up, hey, give, him, give that organization the, the great benefit of the doubt because they're the ones who are there protecting, responding, answering calls. You know, they're the ones who are there who, who are there for the public community. And if you see a law enforcement officer and you see him in line, what I've been encouraging everybody within our community, you know, particularly now that it seems like these Baltimore cops, uh, I'm going to be at the uh, National Sheriff's Convention. You know, if I see a, a Baltimore cop in line and we're, we're wherever we're at in, in, in a restaurant, I'm going to buy that guy a meal, man. It's just like everybody supports the military, and I really appreciate that. But our law enforcement guys out there work really hard, dude. You know, they, they see a lot of shit every day. You know, be nice to these guys, man. Um, and I appreciate you guys. You guys are freaking awesome with your podcast. You're awesome with being responsible in the information that you give out there. 
uh, cutting down rumors and, and telling the truth out there. So keep up the great work, both of you guys. Well, I want to I want to echo that real quick. The, the uh, law enforcement is is, is very much uh, taken for granted in our society. Uh, I have lots of friends that are cops. Uh, we're actually going to be putting together an event uh, in September. We're inviting the local law enforcement to attend. Uh, we we have a good relationship with them because they keep us safe. What a lot of people don't realize is. Uh, I'm gonna steal one from my from my buddy James here. Excuse me. If you think of uh, life as a as a as an apartment building, the cops are the only people who ride the elevators, and uh, they see from the top to the bottom every single day of their lives. They deal with a lot of shit, and uh, you know it's a high stress environment. There are gonna be mess ups, and uh, you know those people have to be held accountable. But by and large, most people in the law enforcement profession are extremely professional, and they do their jobs very very well. And uh, we have our civil law-abiding society to thank them for, for sure. Awesome, great, great word there, man. That was that was really great. Um, except the uh, the part about um, our life being a, an apartment, where I come from, I've never I've never lived in a, in a house more than two stories. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I, I I I couldn't find I couldn't find the I, I meant I, I think I meant like a. Uh, a commercial building or something like yeah, that. I was trying I'm to find the words. Involved, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, that's good. You see, this is a good situation because you know this is this it is how we roll. Speaking of busting balls, I have a uh, I have a challenge out here right now that I'd love to see USC Sog and and you left hand. I want to see you on this too. Uh, I put out a challenge oh, yeah? yesterday. Oh yeah. What is it? Yeah, uh, the two twenty five bench press challenge. Uh, you 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 put two twenty five on the bench press rack, flat bench. Max reps as many as you can do. I got 14 and a half. Some people credited me with the 15th rep. I didn't, I don't consider it locked out. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't there, but I want to, the reason I'm doing this is to, uh, to argue back what we were talking about earlier, which is physical fitness and awareness of your physical capabilities. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about going out and get firearms training, going out and getting guns, exercising your, your second amendment rights to get your body armor, all that sort of stuff. None of it, all of it is for naught. If you cannot deal with a stressful situation, uh, and be physically prepared to deal with that situation in my personal life, uh, well, a lot of people, you know, that have been following me for a while know that I used to be a really, really heavy guy. I used to weigh like 280 pounds. Holy crap. Uh, I, yeah, I sit before you at 210 pounds right now. I, I don't want to call myself solid, but I consider myself, uh, fairly strong. The word is and spelt. If you, for there, buddy. Spelt. Yeah. <laughs> if you, uh, if I track my experience with firearms and training and all that sort of stuff, I track it and compare it to what it used to be when I was not physically fit as compared to it as it is now. It, it is a completely different world. And I want to, I'm doing this to kind of draw attention to everybody out there in the, uh, in the firearms industry to get out there, right. get active, get as strong as you can, stay as strong as you can, as long as you can. So what's the actual challenge? So I've got to, I've got to put two 25s on, on each side. No, 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 no. 225 pounds. <laughs> oh, 225 pounds. Yes. Man, I don't even weigh 225 pounds. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's to get as many reps with 225 unassisted as you can, right? As you can, yes. Okay. Now, now can I use a Smith bar? Because I've got no. Up you shoulders. cannot. I've got, that's like I've got saying, "Can I get on the moon?" Dude. No. What, that's, what's that's the difference? Like, it's 225 is 225. What's the difference? No. Yeah, when it's got a spring attached to it, that's like doing 225 on the moon. It's not that's even like, touching the spring. It's going to hit the chest. It's not going to touch the spring. It's going to come no. up. Dude, I only have one question. I only have one question, man. Shoot. Uh, is, is it one? Is it? Is, can I just do it with one arm? Is that okay? Would that count? Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Here we go. 
<laughs> oh boy, here we go. See, this is the, this is what I want to see. talk starts. Here we go. Yes. Okay, so here, I'm gonna tag on to what you just said, that I'm gonna get off this bad boy. Okay. So what you're saying is that every individual that carries a uh, um, exercises their Second Amendment rights should be in physical shape. So I'm gonna translate that to law enforcement. In law enforcement, we're special operations for our guys. We say we want all of our operators to make a clean use of force decision and not one based out of self-preservation, meaning in civilian terms, the guy basically gets out of his chair, of his computer after playing Call of Duty. He, he has his concealed weapons permit. Uh, he sees a situation going down. He draws his weapon and starts to shoot, thinking he's exercising the Second Amendment rights. But because he doesn't take a time to really think about, um, he goes from zero to 100 miles an hour. Our guys operate at a clear, clean 80 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour. But they do that where if you can't breathe, you can't think. If you can't think, you're shooting for the hell of it. And so in the civilian community, that should translate to it is your responsibility of being able to take your weapon out. If you have to deploy it, deploy it to save your life, the life of somebody else, or your family in that kind of environment. And a lot of guys out there can't do that without thinking, overreacting. We don't want people out there who's going to overreact. If you want to help law enforcement, if you want to be a member, an, a, a, an active member of your community that exercises their Second Amendment rights, then you should be in damn good shape, you know, so that way you don't become a collateral damage or you mistakenly overreact and freaking kill a potential law enforcement officer out there whose badge is displayed, but you can't see it because you're you're caught up in tunnel vision. So I like I like what you're doing, man. I like that whole message about the challenge for anybody carrying a weapon out there should be in good shape. That's a great idea, actually. And just just in general, people need to be in good shape. I mean, you feel better, you think clear. Uh, even if you didn't, you know, for some reason you couldn't get to your firearm, you still need to be physically fit to be able to defend yourself with your fisticuffs if you have to. Dude, but, you know, uh, or or run, you know, flee, get the hell out of there. <laughs> absolutely, dude. There's nothing wrong in it. You know, the, the no shame in living. Yeah, Roger that exactly. The misconception that because I carry a concealed weapon, I'm looking for an excuse to pull it out and shoot somebody is um, is something that a lot of people need to realize. Why are you carrying a concealed weapon? And for me, it's about personal protection. It's about protecting my family. That's basically it. Exercising my Second Amendment rights. Point that gun at me, I'm going to drop you. I'm going to drop you real quick. Point that gun at somebody, some defense, defenseless individual, absolutely, I'm going to drop you. But other than that, right. I'm not the first one to this gunfight. You know, saying I've got a gun, I'm here to shoot. No, that doesn't. That's not not, not in my textbook. And, and knowing when and how to do that comes into training. You know, go get training. Seek out local uh, experts in your area. Uh, we've got a whole plethora associated with our show that we can hook you up with. But uh, train, train, train. Learn, learn, learn. Great stuff there from Senior. I didn't give you the specs on him. He's current Special Operations Commander for Major Sheriff's Office and has been in LE for over two decades. He's the first to use the bullpup shotgun in the U.S., and since that time, he has the most operational experience with it over the past four years. Uh, he developed the Caltech KSG Combat Shotgun Program for LE Special Ops teams, and he's worked with correction special ops units all over the world. So check those guys out at U.S. Seasog. Uh, you just Google them. Uh, they've got a website, Facebook. You'll find them. Uh, Spectre, man, great month. Appreciate you being on. Uh, I know it was a short month for us. We only got three shows in. Typically, we will do four. But, um, man, you were awesome. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, and I wanted to go back to uh, to Senior real quick. Um, it's been a privilege to be on the to be on the show with him. 
just being in a conversation with someone like like that, you you just absorb knowledge. Uh, it just it's by almost like osmosis. It's coming over to me, and I'm, I'm getting it, and I'm I'm really just learning just from being on a, right. on a video call with him. So, well, you know, that's that's the goal of the show is to is to have individuals like Senior Team Leader Garcia on and spread his knowledge, share his knowledge with with us and our and our listeners. So. I sincerely hope that uh, that your listeners are, are are getting that that same sort of thing that I'm getting. You know, oh, from, I'm sure uh, I'm sure the leadheads are no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. And and so I've got a video this bench press thing. Is that what you're saying? Do I have to actually yep, you video, video it? So I video it, and then I send out like uh, challenges at the end of it to people, and then it's kind of yeah, like you're trying too. to start a what is it called? Make it viral. Yeah, make it viral. No, I I called out Jordan Winkler and uh, James Jaeger of Tactical Response. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and hopefully they'll do it. I know that, I know that Jordan's actually injured right now. I didn't realize that when I made the challenge. He actually just, uh, he just made a post on his social media about that. So, uh, hopefully, yeah, he's had, you know. He's hurt his wrist. So, Spectre, you and I have got a couple other things that we're working on. We want to remind the viewers, uh, we've got the AK torture test collaboration that we're working on. Uh, go to the, what's it called where they can give us money? <laughs> we have a Patreon account over Thank you. at Patreon, Patreon slash VSO Gun Channel. Um, you guys can donate directly to uh, to help support the test. Uh, it is going to be occurring sometime in September. Hopefully, you guys should see it uh, coming out sometime in October, November, and uh, it's going to be a good time. We've got multiple guns that are that are coming in. We're going to do some seriously awesome testing. It's going to be a lot of fun, and there's going to be. Uh, a lot of collaboration going on there. It's definitely going to be, gonna be a good time. See. So that's in September. We we just recently got another invite to an event coming up in July, uh, yes. up in your neck of the woods with our with our buddies mm-hmm. over at Asymmetric. Uh, they're going to be yep. having, and this isn't a public thing, but uh, we've been invited. So we'll be there. We'll be able to bring some sort of coverage back to for you guys. Uh, they've got some drones. I understand they're going to be there. Some. Uh, some full auto machine guns, so it's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, including if I got it correctly, I know that there will be an M16 there. I know that there will be a Thompson submachine gun, and I do know that there will be a BAR there. And that yes. is one that I definitely want to get my hands on. I definitely want to shoot the BAR, the know, badass you know. rifle. <laughs> yeah, you know yes. it, man. absolutely. Well, Spectre, again, thanks, thanks so much. Uh, everybody, check him out at the VSO Gun Channel. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the social media uh, places. And as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. And your guns closer. No, you're supposed to do like a special. Uh, (laughs) I know. I I forgot. I didn't do my homework. You've had two hours to think about this. Come on now. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I feel. And your supplements and guns. There you go. And your... How about... Tie, tie in take the your creatine. T- take your creatine and, and load your magazine. <laughs> <laughs> take your creatine before you load your magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm sorry. I failed. Uh, oh, no. do uh, and, and remember to stop, drop, and roll. Just something crazy. All right. Cool. All right. And as always, lead heads... Keep your loved ones close. And don't forget to stop, drop, and roll. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Giggity, giggity. And as always, leadheads, keep your loved ones close.
And don't forget to pound your creatine before you load your magazines. Giggity, giggity. Giggity, giggity. <laughs>